This is Home on the Dot. I'm Chris McMorrin. My students know that I love visiting people's homes. I love checking out the spaces that help make people who they are, seeing the traces they leave behind and the connections they have to distant places and people that are visible in photographs and other objects that fill all homes. I grew up in a small town in Iowa where most people had a kind of open-door hospitality. Friends, neighbors, teachers, my parents' co-workers. I was welcomed into so many homes for birthdays, backyard barbecues, Super Bowl parties, movie nights, and just hanging out. I took for granted that openness of people's homes until I moved to Japan after college. I spent the first year getting to know my fellow teachers, but I never set foot in their homes. We socialized at restaurants, cafes, and bars instead. I've had the same experience here in Singapore. I've lived here 10 years and made many friends among my colleagues at the National University of Singapore, but I have yet to be invited to a single Singaporean colleague's home. Not once. I mention this absence of home invites every year in my course called Home. My students suggest that it may be due to the small size of most homes in Singapore, or that it's just uncommon for non-family members to visit a private residence. Only once has a student taken the hint and actually invited me over. That brave soul was Rada, a member of the Home on the Dot team who produced an episode back in season one about hawker centers, Singapore's public dining room. The occasion was Hari Raya Puasa, a day of rejoicing that marks the end of Ramadan, the annual month of fasting in the Muslim calendar. In addition to religious practices like performing special prayers at mosques in the morning, Hari Raya Puasa involves families visiting the homes of their family members or close friends, and of course opening their own homes to others. Sometimes even a professor curious to see where his students live. For Rada, Hari Raya Puasa means dressing in matching brightly colored baju kurum, or Malay traditional costumes, with her brother and her parents and crisscrossing the island for a full day of home visits and meeting elders and relatives seldom seen during the rest of the year. It also means hosting at their own house, welcoming waves of visitors from morning to night. For many families, Hari Raya Puasa means at least two full days of being host or guest. As host, Rada and her family had to prepare by thoroughly cleaning the house and buying or preparing food their guests could enjoy throughout the day. From savory to sweet, from longtong, ketupat, and beef rendang, to kui raya, like pineapple tarts and cookies. There needs to be something for everyone, of every age. In fact, like many holidays around the world, the food is one of the highlights of Hari Raya Puasa. It was for me. Rada's mother made the best laksa I've ever tasted. Every home visit during Hari Raya Puasa ends with everyone seeking forgiveness from their elders and from each other for any wrongdoings done knowingly or unknowingly in the past year. Hari Raya is a special occasion for Muslims to start afresh and strengthen family ties. In this way, it's like many other major festivals in Singapore, including Deepavali and Chinese New Year. It's a time to celebrate with family and close friends, and most of that celebration is done at home. If you've been listening to Home on the Dot recently, you probably know what I'm going to talk about next. COVID-19 completely transformed Hari Raya Puasa in 2020.
The holiday occurred during Singapore's strictest period of lockdown, which was designed to flatten the curve of infection. Dubbed the Circuit Breaker, Singapore's lockdown was announced on April 3rd, went into effect on April 7th, and lasted until June 1st. Unfortunately, both Ramadan and Hari Raya Puasa fell within this period. During the circuit breaker, all schools shifted online. All employees in non-essential industries worked from home. All places of worship were closed. All restaurants shifted to takeaway. Masks were mandatory for anyone outdoors. And public and private social gatherings were banned. This included the home visits traditionally done on Hari Raya Puasa, which fell on May 24th, a week before the circuit breaker ended. What is Hari Raya Puasa like without the big spring cleaning, or the open-air bazaars selling holiday foods weeks in advance, or catching up with distant cousins, or the all-important tradition of asking forgiveness from one's elders in person? In this episode of Home on the Dot, I speak with Rada, a recent sociology graduate, to learn what was lost and what was gained in this atypical religious and social celebration that was altered radically by COVID-19. Stay tuned. So I'm really excited to talk with you today about what you have said is maybe the biggest impact of COVID on your life, Hari Raya, and the build up to that. Sure. So for the weeks leading up to Hari Raya for a month, Muslims like myself would fast from sunrise to dusk. Yeah. So it would be around, I think a bit more than 12 hours, maybe 13 hours. What my family does is we'll wake up at about 5am in the morning because mm-hmm. we have to stop eating by 5.40 something, 5.45. So usually my mom would cook a bit more the night before for our dinner so that we can just heat up the extra food in the morning mm-hmm. uh, for our breakfast. During the day, we wouldn't be eating or drinking. So no water? No water. The times that I had to fast during my school time was actually during the exam period. And it wasn't too bad because I didn't have to speak. <laughs> so, All right. If you're giving presentations and really want a sip of water to help your sore throat, uh, you can't do that. Correct. So during the school time, it wasn't that bad for me, I think. After fasting, we will break fast around 7 when the sun sets. Before that, my family will work together to cook and to set the table with uh, different dishes. One thing I remember about the month of Ramadan as someone who is just out and about in the city at that time of the year is all the stalls around train stations and other public places selling stuff. You call it the bazaar, right? Yeah, there will be so many shops selling the Hairaya costumes. Yeah, the clothes. They can sell furnishings like carpets. They also sell fairy lights, which usually people will hang at their window or at their balcony. I think most people look forward to the bazaar because of their food. Yeah, they have a lot of food. You can buy like the kuih there also. I think it's one of the major highlights of the fasting month and the lead up to Hairaya actually. Did you always go to the bazaar then? Every year you would visit? We used to go very often. I think it was almost every year that we would go. Because that's the best place to get Hari costumes at a bargain price. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of food that's so nice to get. This is really food that we cannot get like any other time. It's just not sold in the place. store, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's so unique. I don't usually like crowded places, but I think that bazaar atmosphere is really something that I kind of miss also. It's just so unique. It's one year, that's the only time you can experience that. One month of the year and that's it. It's like a Christmas market in Germany, or those pop-up Halloween stores in the United States. It's an opportunity to purchase specialty items that only comes around once a year. 
So in a typical year, what did the day of Hari Raya Puasa itself look like for you? On the day itself, usually there will be a lot of commotion. We'll be rushing out to visit our relatives. We'll wake up pretty early. I think my father and my brother will usually go to the mosque first. My mom and I will be getting ready at home. And then when my father and brother come back from the mosque, we'll be getting ready to go out to visit my grandparents already. When we are at our grandparents' house, usually we will take a few hours to talk to our relatives and to seek forgiveness. I will be chatting, having meals together. I think usually we have breakfast together. Mm-hmm. And the breakfast is pretty big. Like my aunt and my grandma will cook quite a lot for us because we have a big family. And then once we visit our grandparents, we will move. We will visit other relatives. Usually by the time we come back, it will be around 7 or 8 p.m. So it's just enough time to wash up and then prepare for the next day if it's a working day or school right. day. Yeah. So it's really a full, busy day of yeah. visiting people in their homes. Uh, you're really outside of your own house for most of the day. Right. So besides fasting at home instead of at school, and the disappointment of having no bazaars, how was the day of Hari Raya Puasa itself different this year because of COVID? This year was really different. We didn't really have a choice. We had to stay at home. Because my father and brother couldn't go to the mosque for their Hari Raya prayers in the morning, we were actually able to do it together at home with my mom and I included. Hmm. We got to do that additional prayer and then uh, we had Zoom sessions with my relatives. Yeah, the ones who usually visit first during a normal Hari Raya, we Zoomed with them. I think our first Zoom session, we had an online meeting with like five other households. Oh wow, how exciting. And initially it was a bit hard to interact because we didn't know how to do it and then everybody was talking at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was a bit confusing but after a while we, we kind of got the hang of it. And it was quite nice to see their faces. Um, I mean, in the past, have you also hosted people at your house on this special day? On the day itself, usually we don't host. But I would host, I think, a few weeks later. Okay. After, yeah. And I, I didn't miss it. I actually wanted to invite my friends this year. Uh, but yeah, I think with the COVID thing, it wasn't possible. I know there's a lot of preparation in the weeks leading up to Hari Raya. Can mm-hmm. you tell me a little bit about that? Like, what's involved and you know, what did it look like in a typical year and how did that change? in this year because of COVID? Usually in a typical year, even though we don't host any open houses on our first day, right, we would take a lot of time to clean up. (laughs) So we really do a very rigorous spring cleaning. We will usually buy new sets of Vajikurong or like the Malay traditional costume for everybody in the family so that we can coordinate with my other relatives also when we go visiting. What do you mean by coordinate? Oh, okay. Uh, We coordinate the colours. Really? Yeah. I'm very close to my uncles and aunts from my father's side mm-hmm. because we usually visit them on the first day. What we do is ask them what color they are wearing. So if you're getting blue, then we'll try to at least find a, a shade of blue that we can pair with them. We'll wear the bajukurong when we go on home visits. Usually we'll get around two or three new pairs of bajukurong and then the subsequent days that we continue visiting, we will wear our previous year's bajukurong. But this year it was a bit different. We didn't get any set of Vajukurong this year because we weren't going to visit. But we did make sure that we wore something nice when we were Zooming with our relatives. <laughs> yeah, on the day itself. Be sure to wear something nice, yeah. Yeah, we wore a Vajukurong. Ah. So in a typical year, you would have done a lot of house cleaning right. ahead of time because you're hosting people to your home. Correct. Uh, but this year, you didn't have to do that kind of spring cleaning. Yeah, so this year, we weren't as stressed about the cleaning up compared to the previous years. Another hidden benefit of this year. Yeah, I mean, we were a bit sad, like, especially when we're not able to meet the relatives that we are close to. It's very different from a Zoom session. What is the big difference? 
when we were zooming, I realized that I couldn't really talk to my cousin that much. My cousins were on the screen, but usually the adults will be the one who are talking. I mean, we cannot have like our individual conversations. So you missed seeing those cousins and having those more informal, private conversations. Right. Rada, you told me another time that one important element of these home visits is seeking forgiveness. Can you explain what that involves? Usually we will seek forgiveness from our elders, like our parents and grandparents. But what does that involve? Usually we will seek forgiveness for hurting their feelings, whether it was on purpose or accidentally, because Mm -hmm. there could have been times that we were accidentally very harsh with our words, but we didn't realize. Usually when we seek forgiveness, it's for in case we accidentally hurt their feelings in some way. For my family, seeking forgiveness is when everybody starts afresh. For my father's side, what happens is everybody actually queues up in front of my grandma, from oldest to the youngest. So usually they start with the... Everyone lines up from oldest to youngest yeah. in front yeah, of including grandma. the baby. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, then they will take their time to like seek forgiveness. <laughs> and so yeah. you just have a one-on-one conversation, just asking for forgiveness. Right, right. And then what does your grandmother say to you? Uh, she always remind me to be filial to my parents. Yeah, I think be a good daughter, be a good granddaughter, and to do well in school, and take care of my family. And then you can start over for a new year. I did see them during the Zoom sessions, and we did seek forgiveness during Zoom. Yeah, it was a very different feeling, I felt. Yeah, like, even though I tried, having it on Zoom was less intimate, because everybody could see how I was seeking forgiveness for my grandma. It wasn't as private as what it would be in person, actually. So it sounds like COVID-19 disrupted your normal Hari Raya in many ways. No private moments to seek forgiveness from your grandma or chat with your cousins. No magical atmosphere of the bazaar. And no special holiday foods. Plus, you couldn't invite friends to your home like you did with me a few years ago. But it wasn't all bad. You and your family didn't have the stress of cleaning the house. Or the work of cooking laksa for dozens of visitors. And you didn't have to drive all around Singapore to visit other homes. The other thing during the fasting month, during the COVID period, was my family and I were less tired. We were able to do our Taraweh prayers. It's an additional, a recommended but not compulsory prayer that we can do at night after our last daily prayer. Before the COVID time, we didn't really do that as much because we were usually quite tired when we came back. Usually these Taraweh prayers are being held uh, in the mosque. Yeah, it's very difficult for my mom to bring her to the mosque because right. uh, yeah, she had because of her mobility issues. issues. Okay. Uh, so during the COVID time when everybody is very well rested, I think we were quite lucky. <laughs> I see. So because you and your brother were studying at home and your dad was working from home, you all had more energy and could do those extra prayers together as a family. It's quite funny. I kind of expected you to be sad about how COVID disrupted your typical Ramadan and Hari Raya. But in fact, it seems to have brought your family closer together. Yeah, especially the nuclear family. It was an unexpected benefit, I think. That's so interesting. Well, Rada, thank you for taking the time to talk with me. I know COVID-19 has impacted everyone in Singapore in some way, but it was really fascinating to learn how it altered Hari Raya Puasa. I really fondly recall visiting your home and tasting your mother's delicious laksa a few years ago. I hope... COVID-19 doesn't disrupt any other major religious functions in the months to come. Welcoming guests into your home is a sign of generosity and vulnerability. Even if they're family members or close friends, opening your door means opening yourself to scrutiny and potential criticism. Your cleanliness, your hospitality, and your taste are all on display. This can be stressful but it can also strengthen bonds. 
COVID-19 has essentially closed the front door on guests. Around the world, home has become a shelter from the virus, which means people must be more cautious than ever about who just stops by. As we all wait for a vaccine, how many more holidays that center on the home, like Hari Raya Puasa, will have to be abandoned or radically altered? When can we again safely have visitors? This episode of Home on the Dot was produced by me, with sound engineering by David Chu and other assistants from Sean Tan. I want to thank Rada for speaking with me and to wish her luck on her new career. If you like this episode, please rate us on Apple Podcasts and keep listening for more COVID-19 episodes. To learn more about the Home on the Dot project, please visit our blog, where you can find transcripts and links to news and academic articles on every topic. It's at tinyurl.com slash home on the dot. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for home on the dot. Thank you for listening. <laughs>